pray for a little bit longer? Is that right? Just spend a bit more time in prayer. Um, and it says, then Jesus said, that's what you have to say this morning, God. And I pray that um, as we come, come here to, to, to worship you and to hear about you, God, I pray that um, we can just be ready to act on what you say to us, God. Um, and I pray, Lord, that um, you can just remove our own self from the equation, Lord, our ambitions, our, um, all the things, Lord, that in our lives, Lord, that, um, that stand in the way of us hearing from you, God. We put those to one side this morning, and we just pray, Lord, that you speak to us. God, we pray that, uh, that the words that I say are words that you want me to say, God. And we pray, Lord, that, um, that the things that we hear are the things that you want us to hear this morning. God, and we just want to pray, Lord, that we can just glorify you in this service. And, Lord, I pray that, um, that we can just, just grow in you and grow our relationship with you, Lord, and become closer to you, Jesus, I pray. And, um, Lord, I just want us to... Um, just this morning to have a revolution or revelation of who you are in our lives, God. You're not just the Sunday thing, you're the everything. And God, I pray, Lord, that we can just be ready to hear from you and your voice, Lord. And I pray that I can just step in the background, Lord, and your words can come out today. Amen. Thank you. I thought it was important to do that this morning. Um, I want to look at uh, James 2 today. So if, you, if you have your Bibles, please turn to James chapter 2, um, and it's verses 14 to 20. Um, I'll read it to you. It says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, Goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? So that's what I want to speak on today. Um, and I always get a little bit frustrated when I prepare a message for Sunday, when I feel like God's leading me down like a challenging message rather than a really encouraging message. I would love it if every Sunday I came to church and I was talking just about the good news and just about the good things in the Bible, but actually... I think God often has things he wants us to be doing. So let's look at that. Um, so in this, in this chapter, um, it's talking, James here is saying that we have faith in God, right? He's writing a letter to people, and they, they have faith in God, right? And he says, well, what's the point of having faith in God if you don't do anything with it? If you're not active with your faith, if you're not doing any good things, you're not doing good deeds. And he gives an example of a good deed in this, and he says about someone who you know, a brother or sister that needs food, needs clothing, and you just say, God bless you. Have a good day. I hope you get fed. I hope you have clothes. But don't actually seek to resolve that situation. That was an example of what a good deed is in that situation. And he goes as far to say that having faith without having any action or ha having any good deeds 
means that your faith is dead. He says that your faith is dead. It's useless. It's not, what's the point in it? And he even compares um, in this chapter that, you know, he says that demons have, they, they proclaim God as the one God. They know that God is the one God, but they don't have any good deeds. So he compares us or that, that person to demons. It's quite a harsh comparison. And um, it just really, it really challenged me. We were, we were um, at, Asher and I, as in we, were at the Culture Summit in Manchester last night, yesterday. Um, and we got so many, like, it was a day and a half of just, like, really um, inspirational Christian leaders just speaking directly into situations in their churches and other churches. And it's a really challenging time. It's literally like a day and a half of just being told what you should and shouldn't do with your life. And it's, it's really good. It is really, really, really good. And there's a, there's a chap called Alan Hewitt who, um, I mean, he doesn't look like a powerful guy, right? If I saw him in the street, I'd like, I could have him. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, when he, when he speaks on, on that stage, I mean, I'll tell you what, he, he just went for it. For tw- yeah, 20 minutes, he didn't waste the breath of his 20 minutes. He got up there, didn't even say hello, and just went through it. And he said one thing on, in the side that really the set of my heart, and let me look at this verse, was about what, what fruit you have in your life. What's the outcomings of all the stuff that you do? And it was literally a side comment. And I'll tell you what, he said lots of things, and I'll go through all of it, but that really stuck with me. So when you look at James 2, and he talks about faith, and how important faith is, but how important it is to have good deeds with your faith, how important it is to be active with your faith, and how faith without action, faith without good deeds is, what's the point? What's the point? I mean, I have faith in my brakes, right, in my car. I believe I have brakes in my car. I have faith that they will stop my car. If I don't then use the brakes, my car will not stop, and I will crash my car. And it's the same thing. Like we, have, we might believe that God is our savior. We might believe that God can do miracles. We might believe that God can do all these amazing, wondrous things, but we never actually do those things. Then what's the, what's the point? Like, I know how to get a six-pack. <laughs> I have faith in how to get a six-pack. But I don't do those things. I don't get the outcome. What's the point of knowing it? And I was thinking about this. I was imagining, like, what if, you know, Jesus came to this earth and he had no good deeds in his life? Like, what if Jesus came down and did nothing? He just arrived and said, I'm the son of God. I have faith in the Father and I'm, you know, I'm the son. I'm the chosen one. I'm, I'm your saviour but then was idle and still and did nothing with his, with his faith. What if he just did nothing? He'll be, do you know what I mean? What, 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 what inspiration would that be? What is the point in that, in that, that situation? It's, it's a weird thing to think about, but without God doing good deeds, we don't get to see his faith. We wouldn't get to see the miracles that God can do. We wouldn't get the inspiration, the understanding of who God is through Jesus if he did no good deeds. And it says here that, it says in, he says, I'll read the exact words. How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? How could Jesus show us his faith if he had no good deeds? He would just be a still person, a human being, who proclaimed to be the son of God, but never did anything. So I think, you know, I don't, I, do you know what, really, I don't really want to speak for a long time today. I want to keep it short. I mean, I know I'm known for having really long sermons. That's my reputation, about 40 minutes plus normally. 
I want to keep it just short today, and I want to maybe have a little bit of time of worship afterwards. Um, I didn't really discuss it beforehand, but I'm saying it now. Asking question, do you want to come afterwards? Um, well, I just want us to be thinking about this, because you know what? Like, God is a real, living, powerful God, right? God is a real, living, powerful Are you awake here? God is a real, living, powerful God. Can you say it with me? Say it. God is a real, living, powerful God. We come here every Sunday. I come every Sunday not because I enjoy community. I do enjoy the community, but I do it because I want to meet with God. I want to serve God. I want to do those things. If I didn't want to do that, I'll be at home playing PlayStation 4, probably. But God is a real God. And I, I know what, over the past two to three years of my life, I've been so focused on work and committed to my work. And I've realized over the past couple of weeks that there is just things in our lives that are just fighting to pull our attention away from the important thing. There are things all across our life that just want to sap our energy, sap our concentration, distract us, and take us away from doing those things. And I looked back over the past couple of years, and when I was thinking about what Alan Hewitt said about what what is the fruit in your life, I was thinking there could have been so much more fruit in my life like, so much more outcome than things I was doing. If I wasn't so distracted with all the things that are going on. But I wasn't focused on doing good deeds. I wasn't always focused on putting action into the things that I believed in. I wasn't always focused on doing these things. Now, look, we're all human. And we're not always going to be consistently walking around quoting the Bible and floating like a good couple of inches off the floor and levitating. But I realized, actually, there is, it's important that we sometimes take stock and analyze our own life and ask ourselves that question. So what, that question to you is, what is your good deeds? What are your good deeds? Like, if you, if you are here this morning and you have faith in Christ, what are the good deeds from the stuff that you do? It's not an accusation. It's a genuine question. Don't answer me out loud. But what are the good deeds of your serving? Because it says here, If you have no good deeds, if you aren't putting that into action, if you just come and receive on a Sunday and you go and you pray at home and you receive and you receive and you receive and never actually go and put action into that faith, it says here, then that, James says, then that faith is dead. I'm not saying that. James is saying that. The Bible says it, not me. And I realized that, like, I'm quite, I'm pretty fed up of living a pretty mediocre Christian life. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I, I serve a lot when I do lots of things like speaking on a Sunday and that sort of stuff and, and other things on the weekday. And I just, I, I, I don't want to see, um, I have a mediocre Christian life. Like this is the one chance that I have on this earth. This is my one chance, YOLO, yeah? You only live once, which is stupid. When people do stupid stuff and they say YOLO, but you only live once, it's like, yes, you only live once. Why are you risking your life and going to die? That's just a stupid thing to say. But YOLO, we do, we only live once. This is my one chance to get it right. This is my one chance to put into action the things that I learned about in the Bible. I have, what, 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, I don't know. I have this one chance. And actually, the amount of time I spent focusing on, like, getting the house sorted or getting a puppy or getting all these things, which are great things, and they're not evil things, but all these things that are pulling away from me and actually stopping me, I can think of things that I had in my heart last year which haven't started until six months later because I wasn't in the right place, because I spent so long focusing on the wrong things. 
Like, this is my one chance. Like, whatever, mediocre life, I'm done with that. Mediocre Christian life where I think about, I'm spiritual on this aspect of my life. But actually, what James talks about in, this whole, in, his whole, in the whole book of James, he talks about putting action into your faith. He talks about faith being across every aspect of your life. In your mornings, in your afternoons, in your work, in your retirement, in your sickness, in everything there, faith needs to be present in those situations, not just when and where we choose it to be. Because it's our one chance to get it right. And I'm not saying, like, we've got grace on our life, yeah? So when we're, when we're saved and we have put faith in Christ, we get grace. So God forgives us of things because we're going to get it wrong. Because he tried it without grace and the, and the Jews got it wrong, which is why we have grace so that we can get it wrong and still go to heaven. We're going to get it wrong, but there's an opportunity here for us, right? It's an opportunity. And one of the, one of the things they said over the time was that, um, that when we first become Christians, it's such a blessing, isn't it? Like it's, so, it's like, oh my word, it's so exciting. I can pray. I can do all these things. You know, we've got access to people who love me, and I, and, and I love them, and there's all these really positive things. But over time, somewhere, our blessings can turn into burdens. Like, oh, I've got to serve on a Sunday, or, oh, I probably should go and do that thing because I feel that's the right thing to do. Or, oh, I should probably go and pray for that person, but that's a real, you know. And all these things, rather than blessings, can become burdens in our life. And, I, and I, I'm, I've been there, like, Serving can become a burden, but then if we let it become a burden, we're letting, it's, it's a, really, it's a blessing. It's a privilege to be able to serve God. It's a privilege to be able to serve God. Because I said at the start, what do we all say together? He's a living, powerful, mighty God. He is the creator, right? If we believe that he is the creator, we have the opportunity to speak to him, to serve him, to have a relationship with him, to be directly in contact with the creator. Like, I, I have a, a Samsung phone. I don't even get to speak to the CEO of Samsung. If I spoke to the CEO of Samsung, I'd be like, oh my goodness, nice to meet you. You're very rich. Do you know what I mean? You're very powerful. You're in control of all these people. And I would have a very real understanding of humility to someone who is a powerful business leader because of their position in a corporation. Do we have the same humility and understanding of our creator? Because we have the opportunity, we can literally sit here now, close our eyes, and speak to God, and build a relationship with, like, the CEO of the globe, of the universe, and so often it feels like a burden. So I'm done with the mediocre. Like, I'm, 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 I'm done with being distracted. And, like, I feel like I'm, I'm now stepping up into ministry, right? And I feel like I've got two years, whatever, left, how many time left, to, to, this is my time not being a pastor, right, or I'm associate pastor, not senior pastor, when I'm actually doing that, that role, that's my time as sort of normal life, then working a normal job has gone, and I want to make sure that over the next two years, I do my utmost to serve God in my job, because otherwise, how can I lead at the front of church saying to you guys, who are working full-time and have other things going on rather than full-time in church, you should be serving God in your work. Like, I'm done with the mediocre. Can we all say that together? I'm done with the mediocre. Say again. One more time. It's like sounding a little bit cultish at the end. 
<laughs> didn't it? It did start out a little bit. It is a little bit like Chanty. I am done with the mediocre. <laughs> it's not what we're about. That's not what we're about. It's not what we're about. But I think I, I want for my life, right, a vibrant, exciting relationship with God. And it says in, in John 15, where it talks about God being the vine, and we're the, we're the branches, and that God is the gardener to Jesus, who's the vine. Sorry, God's the gardener, Jesus is the vine, and we're the branches. Right? It says if we remain in Jesus, we'll always bear fruit. And it also says remaining in Jesus, there's joy there. There's overwhelming joy. Overwhelming joy. Who would like some overwhelming joy in their life? A couple of you. That's good. That's good. Wow, you guys would be really hard to sell to. <laughs> But overwhelming joy. So I think, I want to ask you that question, right? What are your good deeds? What are the things that are stopping you from doing your good deeds? Is your faith becoming a burden rather than being a privilege? Like I tell you, when there is, there is vision, and I say this like loads of times, but there is vision and a call on this church to impact this community and community beyond, right? Let's not put a restriction on God. We're not going to just go around a certain postcode and that's it. There is, a, there is an opportunity, and God has given a vision to lead the church and people in this church to see God reach that community. Imagine if we all treated God as a complete privilege and blessing. Imagine if we all were just focused on our good deeds. If rather than, and it's good to be blessed, right, and good to be fed, but imagine if we spent our life thinking about how we could bless God, how we could bless each other, how we could focus on that kind of stuff, building our relationship with God, Rather than get stuck in the trap of thinking, I'm in this tough time. I'm distracted right now. I need this. I need this. I need this. And Because I've been there, and it's just a time where you come to church, and you can feel invigorated, but then you go home on a Monday or on a Tuesday, and it's already a struggle again. There is overwhelming joy in remaining in Jesus. There is overwhelming joy in our faith being alive. There is overwhelming joy in our faith being active. There is overwhelming joy. There is actual contentment, happiness, joy, and power to be found in remaining in Christ. Let's get some good deeds going. I'm guessing that pretty much all of you here will do good things, right? But what are your good deeds? And what do you want your good deeds to be? What does God want your good deeds to be? What has God told you, this is to, to Christians who have been Christians for a long time, what has God told you before that you never follow through on? And to new Christians, what do you feel that God is asking you to do? It's not all about serving at church, although, hallelujah, we need some serving at church. If anyone wants any volunteer work, Dave and Judith said earlier on, volunteering? <laughs> That's an opportunity to do good deeds, yeah, but I mean in your own life, in your own time. So can we have the bands back up? And um, I'm just going to pray, and I want us to worship. And I really, and I really encourage you, please, um, like, if, if what I'm saying or what God is saying this morning is impacting you or speaking to you, come forward and like just, just praise at the front, and someone will come and pray for you. Yeah. And I think that you know, I just want to say before I, you know, I'm about to pray, but YOLO. Charmaine, 
Yo flipping yo. No. <laughs> yo fool. That's what I just said. YOLO. We only live once. This is our one chance. And it's never, it's never too late to recenter it and refocus it. It's never too late to remain back in Christ. But let's, let's remember that and let's pray. Yeah, God, I just want to pray right now, God, that, um, that you can just keep the kids quiet. <laughs> no, God, we just want to pray, Lord, that, um, that you can just speak to us this morning, Lord, on the things in our life that you want to speak to us about. God, we are, we are all in a relationship with you, God. We have, uh, it's a personal thing, God, but I just want to pray, God, that you can just speak to us this morning. And um, you, with, a, with an arrow, you can point out the things in our life where there needs to be work done, God. And I pray that you can just um, open us to be bold enough this morning to respond to you. And God, I pray against the mediocre in this church, Lord. I pray against the mediocre, the people of this church, God. I pray that you can remove any expectation we have of you in this church, God. We want an unlimited expectation of you an unlimited, boundless expectation of the things that you can do in this church and people in this church's lives, God, but in the community as well. And God, we just want to pray um, that we can just change those things. And I pray this morning, Lord, that we can take that step to changing those things, God. Where there needs to be changed, there'll be change, God. And we just give that to you. Amen. Um, before we worship together um, some people feel here that they can't do good deeds because of what they've done in the past because you've done drugs because you've indulged in pornography because you've hurt someone put your hand up in here if you've sinned if you've sinned Look around. Almost everyone. All sinners. There's no big or bad sin or small or large sin. That's why we're saved. By God's grace. We need to accept that salvation. Let's say it together, actually, because we started this. We're saved by God's grace. We're hey. saved by God's grace. Doesn't matter what we've done. We're saved by God's grace. Close your eyes and say that to God now. And God's got a plan for every single one of us here. It's not just because we can preach at the front or we can sing or play the drums or lead a life group. Every single one of us, God has a plan. And we've got to step out and start those good deeds. Yeah, I really encourage you, as we said, if you need to have that commitment, recommitment, come to the front, get the leaders to pray for you. Acknowledge that. And God will start working through you. And that's how we're going to touch this community. It's not just going to be the leaders. It's every single one of us.
With arms high and hearts abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all, I'll stand my soul to you surrendered all I am is yours I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all and I'll stand my soul, Lord, to you surrendered, all I am is yours. I'll stand, I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who Of the one who gave it all, and I'll stand my soul up to you. Just bow our heads quickly and keep keep um, going. Um, I just want to. I really want to give the opportunity for some sort of physical response today, because there's there is power in physically responding to when God's speaking to you. Sometimes, so if you just bow your heads and you feel God speaking to you this morning, can you just put your hand in the air for me now so we can see you? There's no no judgment. People's heads are bowed. Yeah, please. As we sang with hearts abandoned, 
saw two hands through the, everybody's heart. One, two hands ran apart and it was empty. It was abandoned. It was God holding those hearts still beating. Just a powerful image. To abandon your heart, you abandon it. And there was God with his cup in his hands. We're going to continue worshiping again. And it is a difficult thing um, to, as Pam was saying then, to abandon your heart to God. Like, abandon it. Because we stand with our our arms high, our hearts abandoned, giving it to him, like forgetting all the other stuff we want to do and achieve. Um, I've experienced the Holy Spirit in my life over the last 40, just over 40 odd years. And he led me to a situation where he asked me to give myself to him. And every day for the last 44 years, I've read Romans 6, 6, 6 and 13. Every day, I do two things when I wake up in the morning. First of all, I have to take my medication because it's important. And the secondly, second, I read Romans 6, 6, 6, 11 and 6, 13. And I die to self, I die to my old nature, and I raise myself in the Holy Spirit, in Him, and I don't have to think about good works. I don't have to sit and think and look for what to do. They just appear. I went to the Royal Marsden on Friday and saw a friend of mine and saw that he was ill. And the Holy Spirit just said to me, well, go and stand next to him and lay hands on him and ask for healing. Good work. I never thought about that when I got on the bus to go there. But you don't have to look for good works. If you give yourself every day to the Holy Spirit, and I read those three scriptures because they're important, you don't have to look for good works. They will follow you. I go down my corridor, and a little old lady is going down there struggling with her waist to go to the waste bin. Now, what do I do? Say, good morning and pass? Of course I don't. I take a waste with mine. It's a good work. And I don't have to look for them. They follow me because I'm following the Holy Spirit and he's flowing out of me. Your grace is enough more than I need at your word I will Spirit make me new and I will fall at your feet. 
Jesus light the way by the power of your word I am restored I am redeemed by your spirit I am free and I will fall at your feet I will fall at your feet and I will worship you here cause freely singing that. This is our God. He gave it all on that cross. This is our God. He surrendered his whole life. This is our God. Just speak out the things he's done.
Yeah, please sit down. Thank you, Wes, for that, that challenge. Um, just, just one thing. It's, uh, remember that bit um, we sang, All I Am is Yours. You know, it's, it's quite a challenge, isn't it, when you're told you know, about good deeds and, and, and things like that. And you, you hear, hear someone, uh, one of our old saints, saying, you know, what, what he does. And you think, what, what have I got? What is there a, about me? What can I do? I'm nothing special. I don't know what to do. All you are, that's all God wants. Yeah. He wants you. Whatever you are. Don't forget, you've been saved by him. You're not just an ordinary person anymore. You're someone saved by grace. And all you are, all you are, is what he wants. You are good enough for him. Everything you've got is, is loved by God. You give that. That's what he asks. You, you can't be Wes. You, I can't, you know, play the guitar like Mark. I've got a sense of rhythm that is not a sense of rhythm, trust me. Okay, I can't do those things. I am Bob, and God gets Bob. E-Bob. He is the one. That's it. You got it in one. I give to God who I am. I can't be anyone else. And that's the same for you. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, wow, this is a bit challenging, don't you worry. Whatever you've got, God will use, okay? Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the challenge. But Father God, give us the strength to meet that challenge with you. Bless us now. Bless our families. Bless our friends. Bless our community. Bless, bless those who aren't here this morning. Bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's going to be coffee in a minute. Thank you very much, band. Thank you for the sound people and for the media. I love it.